Welcome to the Equine Connection Podcast, where health, nutrition, and love for the horse come together. This podcast is brought to you by Tribute Superior Equine Nutrition. I'm Dr. Chris Mortensen. And I'm Dr. Nicole Rambo. Welcome back, Nicole. How are you? I'm doing well, Chris. How about yourself? Good. So you're preparing for winter, right? <laughs> it's I know, September. I know, and it's like 90 degrees today, but... Winter is coming. Um, and in fact, I just filled up my barn with hay last week. So I am ready. <laughs> well, good, good. And and today's topic, preparing for winter, specifically hay. I My first question is, why would you tell an owner to start prepping for hay now in September? You know, even August, right? Because if you ordered that hay by the time you got it and stored it, you know, you've been thinking about this for a while. So why should they start doing it now? Sure. You're just simply going to have more options the sooner you start looking. Even better if you can have relationships developed with specific hay dealers, you know, even before that, especially some years like right now in the upper Midwest, it's been very dry. So good quality hay is harder to come by. So the sooner you can think about it, if you have the storage or you can prepay and have it stored somewhere else, you're just more likely to be able to find good quality hay And, you know, even though I work for a company that sells feed, I am constantly talking to people about how the best investment they can make is buying good quality hay because it allows you to feed less concentrate. Your horses are happier. All we have to do is fill in some gaps. It's just best for horse health to feed good quality hay and plenty of it. Solid advice. And I just want to remind our listeners, we did release a podcast earlier this year, January 20th, 2020 on how best to support our horses during the winter. So it, it's worthwhile to listen to that one to get an idea as we as we head into fall, heading into winter, you know, to, to kind of go over some of this. But just quickly, you know, how does a horse's nutrient requirements suddenly change going from summer, fall, right, to all of a sudden winter? So it depends a little bit on the part of the country that you're in. But let's say you're in a part of the country where winter is cold. Horses are well adapted to the cold, but once it gets really cold, just the amount of energy they have to expend to maintain their body temperature goes up. So when it's super duper cold, I mean, horses' energy requirements can increase by over 20% just to stay warm. So that's why sometimes we see horses where uh, maybe you didn't pull off the blanket for a couple weeks during the winter and all of a sudden you pull it off and go, wow, they lost weight. And that's just because their energy needs can increase quite a bit. Right. And so with that change in the nutrient requirements, would you suggest them slowly change to a different type of hay to get through the winter? Not necessarily. You know, I think what you need to do, because every situation is so different, I think what you need to do is just be mindful and pay attention to your horse's body condition. And as you see changes, adjust to that accordingly. Now, absolutely, when it gets super cold, and we're talking about January, February, and it's, you know, negative 20, we do feed extra hay during those times to meet those extra requirements. But I wouldn't broadly say that you, you know, once it's November 1st, have to all change up your program. It's just being aware that some changes may be required as you move throughout the winter. Now, uh thinking about buying hay now and you just said you just bought your your winter storage or the beginning of winter I guess how much hay should someone store and I know you you, you did mention obviously space you know and, and if somebody has a hay barn where they can 
store some of this. But if I'm anticipating, okay, I need to buy hay for the winter, how much should I buy? <laughs> so part of it depends on how many horses, all that stuff. But what I like to right, do when right. I figure out how much hay I need is say I have these many horses. And on average, I know that I'm going to feed 25 pounds of hay per horse per day over the winter. And then I figure out how much my bales weigh. And I know every farmer is going to tell you that they're 50 pounds, but I have to tell you, I can barely pick up and throw 50 pounds. And so unless I got a lot stronger, there are plenty of people selling 40 pound bales of hay. (laughs) But anyways, so you would just figure out that based on the weight of the bales, and if you're out West and they're three string, they're much heavier than that. But then you just kind of back calculate. And then I always, if you have space, Add 10 to 15% overage because realistically, even a great quality hay producer, there's going to be some bales that are maybe a little dusty or have a few weeds in them. Um, A snake got caught in the baler. Like realistically, there's going to be some loss. So you're going to want to make sure you build in a bit of buffer in your estimate. Did you buy enough to get you through the winter or are you going to anticipate having to purchase hay in the middle of winter? And is that a difficult process? So I like to buy enough to get me through the winter and not that it always happens. There have been years that I have had to buy hay because of the number of horses during the winter, but I personally just don't want to deal with trying to get hay when it might be rainy, snowy, icy. So we actually have some additional storage. We have storage in the barn and then we have a separate storage option that lets me actually buy enough hay to last me all the way until the beginning of next summer. Right. And just to follow up. So, you know, in your experience, do you, do you think people would have trouble finding good quality hay in the middle of winter? In some years? Yes. It just, it all depends on what the growing season was and what kind of hay uh, stock is out there. So I do know, for example, you know, when there are years that even parts of the country have very bad growing seasons, you're going to see your overall hay stocks go down, which means it's less available and it becomes more expensive. So for that reason, it's usually the most expensive time to buy hay is in the winter, um, simply because supplies are tighter. There's more demand for it. I'm having flashbacks. of I remember we had a really bad drought down in uh, South Carolina and we couldn't find hay anywhere. I mean... all the hay come from the West Coast was bought up by everybody in Mississippi and Alabama and <laughs> like said some our way. So yeah, exactly. it, it, it's best to be prepared. Yeah. And you know, not, not everyone has the option to store it all right, but sometimes you can get creative and prepay on your hay and pay a small fee to have it stored at, you know, your hay dealers, your farmers, so that you know you have it available to you and then you pick it up on an as needed basis. There are different ways to accomplish this, even if you, don't have the luxury of storing a whole winter's worth at one time. Yeah. But I think the take home message is, is purchase enough to get through the winter, you know, if if you can, if you can. Now, when you're talking about storing, do you have any tips on, on how best to store and try to reduce waste and conserve that hay as much as possible? Great question. Yeah. Cause how frustrating is it to buy hay and then have part of it, you know, go moldy on you because of storage. The biggest thing is just keeping it dry and depending on the party of the country you're in, what your facilities look like, that can look a little bit different for everyone. 
you know, but a lot of times utilizing things like pallets or tarps underneath to prevent water moisture pulling from the ground up into the bottom layer of your hay. If you're somewhere super hot and humid, that might mean using fans sometimes. I mean, it just, it really depends on what sort of storage conditions we're looking at. But the main thing to keeping hay, and hay keeps really well if it is dry. No, very, very important. Very important tips. I, I got a quick question real quick. Would you be more keen to use round bales during the winter versus square bales? Oh my God. Or is there an advantage to, is there an advantage to doing that? You have just touched on a highly controversial topic. (laughs) (laughs) I knew I would. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, you know, a couple different things. I think there's positives and negatives to using round bales. Um, On the positive side, they tend to be less expensive. You are able to, have less daily labor because they'll last some duration of time. So that means you're not, for example, putting hay out in the pasture every single day. On the downsides, quality is incredibly important. There is a lot of round bale hay that's put up that's simply not suitable for horses. In our last podcast, we talked quite a bit about moisture for small square bales. Even more important, think about how big round bales are to make sure it's dry all the way through. Um, Otherwise you're going to have mold and must and those type of issues. And God, there's always a horse who like eats a hole and like sticks their whole head into the round bell. (laughs) Sometimes, um, you know, you'll see more respiratory issues on that. Another concern is botulism. Um, So a general recommendation, and obviously this is one you talk to your vet with, but Generally, you know, many vets I've worked with recommend that you vaccinate for botulism if you're going to use round bales. And then finally, I mean, even though it seems like they're less work, the waste can be incredible. So generally investing in some sort of hay feeder is valuable because all of your savings when it comes to being cheaper is lost because they can waste up to 40% of a round bale. So, you know... I know it's super controversial and some people hate them. A lot of people love them. If you're going to use them, I just think you have to be pretty mindful of that. And you need somewhere to store them dry. I mean, you definitely see people store cattle hay outside. It's not going to keep for horses if we do that. No, yeah, it's a good, it's an important tip. And yeah, the, the times I've seen horses laying in the round bale, especially foals, you're like, okay, <laughs> so how much of that hay is actually getting eaten? So get, preparing for winter, some of the other things, you know, that are running through my head thinking about this topic, should I purchase my concentrate in bulk and store it for winter? You know, I'm trying to think, oh, I'm preparing, you know, okay, I got all my hay. Now I should probably, ooh, I need to go get all my my bags of feed and maybe some supplements and making sure I, I have enough to get through winter. Do, do owners really need to do that? No. And in fact, we would recommend they did not um, simply because you need to make sure that your concentrate, your grain is relatively fresh. So if you are stocking up early and then letting it sit, um, you're going to one, lose some nutrients over time. Two, you're more likely to have kind of mold issues and things like that if your feed gets really old. So, you know, outside of maybe stocking up before a big snowstorm, you know, I'd recommend you just stay with your regular buying patterns because we don't want our concentrates to sit around for a long time. You know, for us, 
everything, you know, our tribute products, a lot of times they're leaving the warehouse the same day that they're produced, definitely within a couple of days. So it's better if it's really fresh and you're not going to get that if you stock up. Amazing point. Yep, absolutely. That's why I was thinking of it like, oh, I could just see somebody buying bags and bags of feed worrying that it might they might run out. Now, kind of my final question was, you know, we talk about that owner that maybe they can't get hay or they can't store their hay. It's the middle of winter, they're short hay, but they can't purchase any. What are some alternatives for them? And this could be, I guess, a whole nother podcast, but you know, it's just, just a quick, quick, quick tips for them. Yeah, no, that, that is a great point. And unfortunately, sometimes those things do happen. So one thing I will say is that plan ahead. If you know that your hay is running short, don't wait till you're out because there are things we can do to decrease the amount of long stem forage the horse is getting and supplement it in other ways. But it's always best if we can keep some long stem forage in the diet. So a lot of times that means cutting back on the actual hay and providing some supplemental fiber in different ways. But ideally, we keep some long stem fiber. So kind of briefly, some of your different options. We have things like hay cubes or hay pellets. They can be great forage substitutes. Most of them do need to be soaked. So just being realistic about does that fit? I mean, if you're in Wisconsin and it's negative 25, it's going to freeze immediately. That may not be the best choice. Um, We have products like hay extenders. So those are pelleted products. They don't need to be soaked. The key thing to look there is just look on the tag and make sure that the quality of the fiber in the hay extender is good quality fiber. Unfortunately, in some of those products, there are fibers used that aren't super digestible to the horse. So you would look for things like um, alfalfa meal, timothy meal, soy hulls, beet pulp. Those are all really good sources of fiber. You would want to avoid things like rice holes, oat holes, peanut holes, and oftentimes those are hidden under the collective term roughage products or fiber products because they're just not very digestible and it kind of defeats the purpose if we're trying to provide more fiber to keep the horse's digestive tract healthy. We want to make sure it's digestible. And then the final thing we can think about is actually feeding a complete feed. So these are going to be 15% or greater crude fiber. Again, making sure that fiber comes from good sources. But these products, often call, oftentimes called senior feeds, but not always, um, are a good way to get some high-quality fiber into the diet, just along with your concentrate. Fantastic example, Calman Easy Pellet. It's a super popular product. Part of the reason that it works so well is because it has lots of that good quality fiber. So it's great for kind of helping supplement that lower quality hay or in a year that we maybe don't have quite as much as we would like, we just bump up the calm and easy to make up the difference. All excellent advice, Nicole. Thank you so much. And just for our listeners, thank you again for sharing these episodes on social media and you know five-star reviews on iTunes. We're seeing those. Thank you so much. It means so much to us. You know, We're putting a lot into this podcast, and I hope you, you're getting a lot of good tips uh, to help your animals be healthier and happier and help save you some money. You know, That's always my... <laughs> I always want to save owners money, but thank you so much, Nicole. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Great chat. <laughs>